This is a Concealed Carry Podcast bonus episode. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Riley Bowman, and I am super excited to join you this Friday with a special bonus episode coming to you. You probably weren't expecting it. That's okay. It's okay to surprise you every once in a while, I hope, right? So uh, this special episode is an interview that I had the pleasure of doing recently at the Colorado Three Gun Championships with probably the greatest shooter that has ever lived. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I, I deeply revere and respect the man, and I'm just honored to be able to say that I have walked on some of the same ground as he has. Uh, we have shot a number of matches, uh, the same matches together, not necessarily together in the same squad. I hope that opportunity will come one day for me personally. But uh, anyway, uh, oh, and I'll be seeing him this weekend as uh, we are shooting the Wyoming Governor's match in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is uh, super exciting. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you now Jerry Michalek. Uh, it took a little bit of you know time and finagling, uh, kind of back and forth. I've I've approached him a couple of times about getting on the podcast, and uh, he's a busy dude, and you know schedules don't always line up. But uh, we were able to sit down for just a few minutes uh, between, it was actually just after he had gotten done shooting at the Colorado Three Gun Championships, and I was about to go shoot, and he actually had to hit the road uh, about 30 minutes after we did this interview. He had to be on the road uh, going elsewhere. So (laughs) uh, I was very, very humbled that he was willing to, in 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 an already hectic schedule, uh, take 20 minutes and sit down with me for this interview. So this is pre-recorded. Obviously, this is from several weeks ago. I uh, hope you enjoy. He's got some great tips and and ideas uh, for you shooters out there. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and play back this episode, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, folks, it's Riley with the Concealed Carry Podcast, and I am pleased to be sitting here together with, uh, do we say the greatest of all time, Mr. Jerry Michalek. How you doing, sir? No, I'm doing good today. How are you, Riley? I'm doing fantastic. I could have shot a lot better yesterday, but uh, yeah, we all we all could have. So that's part <laughs> of the learning curve. Uh, we are sitting here at the uh, Colorado Three Gun Championship, uh, sponsored by Burris, and uh, it's uh, been a great great match so far. Uh, it's great range to host it at. Good people, uh, some challenging stages, and uh, you just got off of uh, you just finished. Yes for the weekend yep i'm gone yep finished up yeah i still got to shoot this afternoon how did it go for you today went went really good i wouldn't uh i don't think i would i would reshoot any of them yeah they weren't the greatest but they weren't the worst so uh a lot of disaster factor on that last handgun stage with all the different colors <laughs> so i just muddled through that and just shot it solid i didn't want to activate something i hit a color and get a five second penalty so it went good good solid run just try to stay honest and move on to the next one, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I was looking at that one, and that one's, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of different steel plates and targets to shoot. Three different colors. You're, you're absolutely right about it being in a lot of disaster faster. Dis- disaster yeah. factor. Yep. Yesterday seemed to be, for a lot of folks, a challenge with shooting uh, stage eight, which is some long-range targets. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we started on stage eight. That was our first stage of the match, so we we got we we got thrown right into the fire. First stage for a lot of folks, at least on my level, is a throwaway stage. So I'm yeah. just glad I didn't start on stage eight. <laughs> Not that it would have made much difference, probably. Yep. So. Um, obviously, this being the Concealed Carry Podcast, uh, um, but we've d- definitely talked with a lot of different competitive shooters uh, over the years. Um, in fact, we had earlier this year on the podcast your daughter, Lena, and uh, boy, she just did a, a really great job at the uh, Ipswich Shotgun World Shoot. Yes, she did. Taking gold in the individual yes, ladies yep. and uh, gold yep. in the team event as well, which was a repeat for her. Uh, from what three years ago? Yep, it was fantastic. She did a really good job. Very proud of her. So one one topic that comes up on our podcast quite regularly is getting our children started in shooting, and right. obviously I think it makes a lot of sense. A household like yours, where you got mom and dad that are both uh, world champion shooters in their own right, uh, you have a daughter. Uh, is that something that she always showed interest in, or you know, did it take any sort of push to get her that way? Or well, she was well, she actually competed with Kay when Kay was pregnant at the at the at the USPSA Nationals. <laughs> so she started even before she was uh, born on the range. She no was she, she was on the range, and uh, we of course she traveled with us all the time, and she really didn't show a lot of interest in it. So we what we did with with Lena was the Sportsman Team Challenge. It's a, it's a three-person team, so we got her teamed up with two little girls, and they shot in the in the junior class. So they could they could use a, a rest for the 22 rifles and also a rest for the 22 pistols, and they shot shotgun. So when she could shoot with people her own age and other little girls, you know, the girl team, and she she was interested in shooting. Yeah, because it was it was it was like a social event for her. She get to see her friends, she get to train together and shoot. And when she got older, she realized she had to do something for a living, and it's time to get off and. Uh, find her own way you know mm. and she she really latched onto it hard then mm. but it's hard to, to get a uh, child out with a bunch of old old men on a range because <laughs> they want to be with you know they want to have fun yeah so when you can have like the sportsman team challenge it's actually a fun match mm-hmm. it's a team event so yeah. uh, it's not just you and you get to interact and you get to train with other other people your same age and uh it really sparked her interest in shooting yeah so that's it was, awesome it, it was good for us so i mean just get the kids started right yeah Doing something. yeah and if they're doing something with, with other kids their same age, they're going to have a great time. What do you think of all these? Uh, it seems like we're seeing more and more of these youngins coming into the shooting sports. Uh, three gun. Yep. Uh, I see new faces. seems like almost every week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and some of them are just really turning into some sharp shooters. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't get my first. I didn't have a, my first handgun until I was 20 years old, I think. And now some of these guys, are, they've, got, they've got 15 years, you know, 10 years of experience when they're 20. So uh, you get some really, got some really good talent in the game now. Yeah. So. No, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm just pleased. Um, every time I see somebody new, it, that means more, more people, more families are coming into the shooting sports. And that uh, increases overall interest. And, yes, granted, I mean, on the Concealed Carry Podcast, we talk a lot about right. defensive shooting. Yeah, yeah. But. I think even, you know, getting out and doing some competition from time to time, for me at least, it just overall helps improve a lot of those shooting skills specifically, and and so I really enjoy it. Um, we got some uh, questions from some of our listeners. Uh, here's one that's from, this is on uh, Instagram, Liberty Gun Garage LLC asks, which do you enjoy more, shooting pistol 
And actually, I'm going to modify his question just a little bit here because I'm not exactly sure what he's asking. So, do you enjoy shooting pistol, rifle, or shotgun the most, and why? Well, when I started, I had a 22 rifle. I had pellet guns and a 22 rifle. We shot a lot of 22 rifles. That's really uh, first exposure to shooting was 22 rifle. Hmm. And we shot a lot of stuff. We were we did everything we could think of with a 22 rifle. And then when handguns came around, uh, my buddy bought a Model 28 Smith & Wesson, and I had to have one, and we started shooting, and we started reading, re- reading about Ed McGiven <laughs> doing all that fancy trick shooting. And so we, we, we tried to copy all that stuff, and... Uh, but it, unfortunately for me, everything with the trigger on is exciting. <laughs> so rifle, I've, I've got a lot of experience with not a lot of experience, a lot of exposure with 22 rifle, centerfire rifle. So I enjoy it. Shotgun is fun. They're all fun. Uh, I shot, I shot revolver competitively for about 22 years. You know, main gun. Yeah. Then I switched into three gun as a, as a, as a main uh, venue, and I did that mostly to save my hands. Mm. I didn't want to beat my hands up to where when I when I'd get old I'd be crippled. Mm. Uh, you, you're just not going to shoot just so much, and you're going to get carpal tunnel. You're going to get nerve damage, and after you shoot a couple million rounds of 45 ball ammo, you want to kind of lighten up a little bit. <laughs> so I shot, you know, I'm shooting nine millimeter pistols and a lot of shotgun, a lot of rifle, a lot easier on my hands. Yeah. So uh, I want to extend myself as long as I can. Yeah. I don't want to break. You know, touching on that a little bit. I mean, you've been doing this about as long as anybody out there. It, is there? It, is. I don't know. I don't know if uh, this is fair to ask, but is I mean, do you envision yourself doing this forever, or is there a? I mean, what's the plan? Well, what's the it, future it's, hold for it's, you? It's uh, I've been. Uh, I first got hired on with Smith and Wesson as a professional, and I think it was ninety, yeah, or eighty nine or ninety, and uh, I've been a contractor with them there after five years. I think in ninety four, ninety five, they laid the pro team off, and I became a contractor with them, which was good for me because I could pick up other other sponsors. And uh, I don't know what else I'd be doing. You know, I, I enjoy doing this, and I'm getting paid to do what I like. Yeah. So it's like, well, well how can that be bad? <laughs> as long as it's fun, I'm, I'm not yeah. getting hurt in the process. Right. It's uh, pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you, I think you shoot more major matches than anybody out there. I think I've got 20 or 21 matches on a schedule for the last eight eight years. I think. Yeah, that's so. quite a load to uh, to manage. It is. It's a lot of it's a lot of uh, dedication, but I'm not one to sit home and and. Uh, yeah, I like to I like to go do you know, <laughs> <laughs> and to get paid for. It. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like you said, you can't complain about that. Uh, here's here's another question, and speaking of you know staying injury free. Uh, longevity, all that stuff. But uh, do you follow a particular exercise routine or any exercises at all from a weightlifting standpoint to keep yourself competition ready? This is a question from Jonathan. I was doing a little bit of uh, cardio and a little bit of weight. And this year I've I've gotten lazy and I hadn't really uh, hit it like I should and I'm feeling it. Mm. These longer stages at altitude... Uh, I'm getting. I'm gonna be 64 this year. So when the stages get past about 40 seconds, hmm. it re- the guns get really heavy. So I got to get off my uh, posterior and get back into some training. But you know, just shooting, just shooting matches is a is a way to stay somewhat in shape. Yeah, you got a lot of equipment to carry. You're you're picking up stuff, and uh, so you just you just stay active. Yep. Yep. So yeah, yeah, you do more walking at these matches than you realize. Cause you you're do. Walking down, back and forth, yep, you know, right. resetting, all that stuff. So you kind of stay, uh, you stay active. It's it's a good thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we've got a question here from Marie uh, Luis. 
Uh, he asks, what recommendations do you have for beginners purchasing, uh, building, purchasing or building a rifle, shotgun, pistol, etc., especially those on a budget? Well, you need to, you need to, even if you don't shoot a three-gun match, go look at the stuff that's on the rack. Talk to other competitors. A lot of times people try to buy talent, mm-hmm. and that's not where it's at. If, even if you bought a stock AR and shot it for a, a year, and then, then, then you, when you start the modifier, you know what you, want, what you want out of the modification. If you just start hanging bells and whistles on it, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Odds are you buy a lot of stuff, you're not, you're not going to be able to resell anybody <laughs> anyway. And you've spent a lot of money for no reason. So go kind of look and see. Go to the ranges and ask people, and you'll be overwhelmed with knowledge, <laughs> good and bad. But it gives you an idea of how you, how you, uh, how you want your equipment to be. Mm-hmm. And there's also, we have on our website the way we have our equipment set up. And uh, my equipment has to run 100%. Yeah. So I, it then might, might not be the most trick, but at the end of the day, it's going to always go bang. Yeah. And that's, to me, it was, it was, I got the utmost confidence in it. It's not over-tricked, but it's, it's good enough to where I can shoot it fast and consistent, and uh, that's how I want to spend my money, yeah. on consistency. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, and I think it's very, very good advice. Uh, yeah, get out there, shoot, and talk to people before you, I think, really start making those, those big-time investments. Um, so here's a question that I was wondering about. Uh, let's take your pistol, for example. You're shooting a Smith & Wesson MMP, yep. typically, right? Yep. Uh, well, any sort of modifications that, that are done to that, or is it a lot of stock, like trigger, for instance? Well, I shoot an open gun, so I can right. do just about anything to it. So I, I did a trigger job on it myself with the factory parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one has an over-travel stop built into the frame, which mm-hmm. is really nice. So the trigger is probably three, three pounds mm. with stock parts. Uh, I've got it quadruported because it's open and I can put a comp on it or port it. Yeah. So what's good about magnet port when you when you port the barrel, it fits standard holsters. Mm-hmm. So if I if I was to try to hang a compensator on, I'd have to get a custom holster built. So that just complicates things. And, and the quad porting works really good with the power factor ammo that I shoot. Mm-hmm. I've got a mag well on it. Got a tungsten guide rod, uh, 15 pound recoil spring. A Vortex uh, Venom red dot on it, uh, Magwell extended uh, yep. button on the uh, mag release, and that one has an Apex barrel in it. They're yeah. they gunsmith fit Apex barrel, and that thing shoots wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, clearly. Yeah, so it just it's a good combination. The magazines are one thing good about an MEP pistol. The magazines are really really spectacular. Don't have to hardly ever clean them, and uh, they're 27 rounds. I have a uh, uh, an extension on it, uh, where in open that's 170 millimeters, so it'll hold 27 rounds. And they're ultra reliable. Change mm-hmm. the springs in them once a year. Uh, those polymer guns are just a blessing to a shooter because they're so easy to maintain. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure, and reliable. And relatively inexpensive. Oh, absolutely. So you can get you a backup gun without breaking a bank. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. Here's a question. Uh, actually, I saw this also in, in, on Facebook from a listener as well. Uh, you just mentioned a minute ago you're going to be 64 years old this year. Yep. Um, you've got a lot of ex- shooting experience. Uh, as much as we'd like to think that you know certain aspects about our bodies, our vision, for instance, will stay the same forever, they don't. <laughs> so, you know, particularly for our uh, shooters that are getting up there in the years, uh, what, what would you say to them as far as advice or tips or tricks or different things to look into to be able to continue to still, you know, shoot and enjoy shooting and be able to see what you're trying to shoot? Well, that's a good question. On the vision part, when you get around 50, I don't care who you are, your eyes change. Yeah. And you're going to have to have correction for the front sight. 
Yeah. So I, I, I shoot glasses that are made by Decot. So what I do, I have the whole lens made for the for the front sight mm. on the dominant eye, and on the off eye, it's regular prescription. So I shoot with both eyes open, and you can still see the target pretty crisp, and you can also yep. see the tight sight crisp. But you have to shoot with both eyes open. Yeah. And uh, as you progress, when you get into your 60s. This get, you have to have so much correction that uh, it's, it gets really hard to see a metallic sight anymore. Mm-hmm. So I shoot the old man division open where <laughs> I can put these cheetah red dots and scopes and stuff. So, <laughs> And what I'm, what I'm facing now is uh, I've got a lot of floaters and cataract. i got starting to get some cataract. So I'll be shooting a rifle stage and a floater will come through there and uh, really obscure the target. So it's starting to get to be... When you're 12 years old, you have your best vision. <laughs> After that, it's all downhill. So that's just that's just a fact of mankind. So uh-huh. enjoy your eyes while you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Now those red dots do uh, make a big difference. I, I'm actually shooting open at this match, just yeah, giving it a try, just kicks and yep. giggles. Yeah, uh, seeing seeing you know what I can learn from it. Uh, so uh, what, what's up next for you, Jerry? What do you got coming up? Well, I I go back home and do a uh, Smith and Wesson promotion. And then I fly back up here for Rocky Mountain, and then I go down to Blue Ridge. And uh, I don't know after that. I have to look on the calendar. <laughs> I try not to look at the calendar more than about two weeks at a time. <laughs> you know, sure. it's just too much to look at. So Yeah. I think I did see you were squatted up for the uh, Wyoming Governor's Match. I am, yep. Going to cool. shoot that too, yep. Yeah, we'll as a see. matter of fact, I do that, then I shoot uh, Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain the next weekend, isn't yep, it? Yep, yep. That is correct. That's how much I'm not looking at the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> it's too scary. Uh, sure, sure. You probably put a lot of miles on your RV here. It has been on the road a lot, so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, one one final thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, you uh, you obviously have a very fast trigger finger. I've seen a number of your videos, like many probably have, uh, shooting uh, steel targets or something with a 500 Smith & Wesson. Yeah. 9 millimeters, whatever. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very fast. Uh, you shot a lot of different guns fast. What's your favorite gun uh, that you've ever shot? You know, just for kicks and giggles, just for fun. That's a hard question. I have an old Remington Nylon 66. Oh, no kidding. And that is about the most indestructible, most reliable piece, yeah. of, piece of work. That's a classic 22 right it there. Does, it does. I've, I've shot it underwater more than I've shot it over the water. <laughs> Yeah, it's always ran. It's just it's indestructible. It's indestructible. Uh-huh. It's just uh, just a fun gun. That's what I first my first twenty two was it nylon uh-huh. sixty six. Yeah, going back to the beginning then. Huh? Yeah, that's that's back when uh, I'm trying to remember the Tom Fry uh-huh. when I was a young guy. He was in the gun magazines. He shot fifty thousand wooden blocks hand thrown. Oh sure. I think yeah. he mi- I think he missed five. Yeah. And he had a nylon sixty six, so I had to have a nylon sixty six, and I still <laughs> got it. I think I paid forty three bucks for it. Uh, and uh, it's just been a really fun gun. Works all the time. Might not be the best at anything, but it always goes bang. <laughs> so those are those are great great rifles. Uh, speaking of which, was there anything in particular that kind of got you started into competitive shooting that made you want to do it, or uh, was it just something that happened? Well, I was I was reading about Ed McGivern. Mm. It was 1972. He was on the cover of the American Rifleman. Mm. Or 74. Take it back, 74. And I was reading about his speed shooting and all the stuff he was doing. And during that time frame, my buddy and I were doing a lot of 22 rifle stuff. We did a lot of aerial shooting and a lot of whatever we could tr- trick shooting. So Ed, Ed McGivern was was revolver. He was he had the world record, yeah. you know, five shots in nine twentieths of a second. 
and that always intrigued me how could you shoot that you know so I kind of set my goal is to try to try to take his style and make it into my style and see if I could ever beat his record and uh, so about 35 years later mm. came close so yeah fun fun stuff so it really started out as just something you know for fun for you uh, but uh, some other greats that have gone on before us uh, also inspired you along the way uh, well we want to be respectful of your time I know you got to get on the road and uh, uh, got, got a lot of miles to cover yep. I imagine yep so home base for you is Louisiana yes sir yeah I passed through there last year beautiful state lots of lots of wonderful opportunities down there well Jerry thank you for taking a um, few minutes to chat with us here today um, I look forward to seeing the results for the match this yeah. weekend and yeah. anticipating great things from you again. Uh, after seeing the scores posted last night, you were pretty much sitting right up there. So okay, well, yeah. good, good. <laughs> Maybe I finished up good. Had a, had a good day today. So that's great, man. Good. Well, but safe travels to you, and I look forward to seeing you at the next one. All right, good talking with you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Well, there you have it. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed this interview with uh, Jerry Michalik. Uh, it was, like I said, it was a great honor that he would even take a few minutes, you know, where he was already supposed to be packing his stuff and getting the RV ready to hit the road. Uh, but, uh, and so, yeah, it was a brief interview, uh, compared to a lot of interviews we do typically on this show, but I'm very thankful for every second that uh, we were able to spend together with him. Um, apologies for the wind noise in the background. Uh, we were recording outside and, uh, wind kind of picked up at different points throughout the interview there, but, uh, hopefully it wasn't too bad for you listeners out there. Well, there you have it. Uh, some tips and tricks and, uh, just good old knowledge, uh, from a man that's been shooting all of his life. And, uh, really there's something there for everyone. I think, uh, I don't think anybody would complain about having, uh, the level of skill that uh, someone like Jerry has on any of the, the platforms, whether it's pistol, rifle, shotgun. But I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fun to watch him shoot a pistol. And for a guy that has uh, my, myself spent a number of years now trying to learn that craft uh, and, and watching him make it look so easy, uh, that's something I, I admire and, and hope to uh, be able to achieve at, w- at one point uh, during my life. Uh, but clearly, you know, besides the things that he mentioned in this episode, just getting trigger time is so important. And I mean, obviously getting to the range, putting lead down range is one of the best things you could do as long as you're doing it right. Uh, and you're working on those fundamentals and you're, you're making everything more solid. But we don't unfortunately have the uh, uh, probably nearly unlimited ammunition supply that uh, someone like Jerry has. So that's where dry fire for me is just so key. Uh, I spent a little time this morning just working on a couple of drills here at home. Uh, definitely would encourage you, our listeners, to find find that time. Uh, just take a couple of minutes each day, you know, because honestly, if you just do a little every day, uh, that will accumulate over time. So anyway, I don't want to spend much time talking and taking anything away at all from this interview. Uh, Plus, I got to go get stuff ready and packed and hit the road here before long. I got to get up to Cheyenne. So (laughs) uh, looking forward to having a great match hopefully this weekend. So with that, we'll be back on Tuesday with our usual news episode of the week. Uh, Look forward to that. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of 
more great uh, stories, new stories um, that like we cover each week on the podcast, uh, things to be aware of legislatively as far as laws that are getting passed or being talked about, uh, various uh, opportunities for um, uh, you know voicing our opinions as voters, uh, working with our congressmen and women and so forth, but also all of the other news stories and the justified safe stories where there's always lessons to be learned that hopefully helps us be a little bit better prepared and less likely to make a mistake in the moment when it actually counts. So with that, uh, I will sign off and leave it to you. I hope everyone out there has a great weekend. A reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. that laws vary from place to place and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.